G'day and welcome to the In The Know, On The Go podcast produced by Humans of Agriculture. Our podcast is designed to get you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's just, well, bloody easy to understand. Think of me as a friend, I, that is learning with you as we discover and chat about the topics from farm to fork and even beyond. Well, g'day. Welcome to this week's In The Know episode. We're doing this one live at Sheep Mansion. I'm huddled around the heater in the elder stand. Sam is looking pretty warm in her merino wool jacket. Samantha Wan is an Australian wool broker based in Melbourne. She's working with elders and has for the last 11 years. She's incredibly passionate about the wool industry and she is a huge enthusiast and advocate for all the opportunities with Aussie wool. She's originally from Western Sydney, Blacktown, for those of you who are listening at home. She's a proud dog mum to two Kelpie and Border Collie crosses, Charlie and Bear. But today we're here to talk a little bit about Sam's journey and what's happening at Elders in All Things Wool. Sam Wan, Day 2 Sheep Venture. Welcome to <laughs> the Humans you. of Agriculture podcast. Great. Thanks for having me, Ollie. <laughs> Sam, I think we'll, we'll chat a little bit about wool later. I'm interested. You've been with Elders for 11 years. You're in wool quality assurance and? And the marketing side as well for wool. Yep. With Elders. How long have you been doing it for? 11 years, yeah. <laughs> and so tell me, how did you fall into agriculture? Uh, it started with a really great high school teacher and a little hat full of black corridors and just being able to see that connection, the community and learning something that wasn't just out of a book. So being able to see how it all came together. And from there, the opportunities really just keep doors have continued to open to see where I am today. So it was a, an agriculture subject at high school that drew you into the industry. Yeah, correct. That's it. But, uh, you know, a suburban high school. So it was a very small mob of Corridales and going around to like local shows and things like that. Had you had any involvement in agriculture before that? No, outside the like petting zoos, like Fairfield City Farm, <laughs> things like that. It, there was not, not a lot going on and we didn't really, we didn't have family and things that were off farms or anything like that. So it was really a case of finding a bit of a pocket that really, I had, was just something different about it and something that really worked. You're one of these success stories and so many people that we talk about trying to attract and get into the industry, we've, we've got one of you standing right in front of us. <laughs> it's great. We can't, um, you can't be what you can't see kind of set up and just the opportunities, it's not something that you train for, it's um, making it what you want it to be as well. And I think there's a lot of support in the industry for all those kind of things. So obviously incredibly passionate about war. Was it the pathway you wanted to go straight out of high school? or What, what did those first few years look like? Uh, first few years out of high school, so I definitely knew I had to go to uni. I was having a look around a few different jobs and I was doing for uh, working for like Novartis. I'd done a contract with AWTA and then covering off to uni. I uh, also did some TAFE in between there just to get a few more prac skills. Yeah, wool was something that I always came back to, but I didn't know what jobs were out there in wool. It's not something that was quite kind of publicised. A lot of stuff in, say, in shed on farm. But as our agribusiness kind of crossover happened, it's, it's been able to see what was out there that was really good. And the pathway into elders, you mentioned <laughs> it was just applying, looking for jobs, throw your hat in the ring. Very much so. So I'd work, been working out at Sydney with Novartis on one of their field facilities out there. I had a contract with AWTA, so the testing authority in Melbourne. And at the time, I was just having a look around to see what was there. Things like Auctions Plus were available. So I had some interviews with them and elders as well. So there was a few different ones kicking around just to see where, where I fit. And I had, had interest in being a bit more with not so much just on farm, but just being able to see what experiences there were as well before being, say, put behind a desk or something like that. 
And so today, in your role, what does a day, week, month typically look like for you? <laughs> it's nothing, and this is the thing, it's nothing, nothing is always the same. So we're currently in a wool sale recess, so I get to give the voice a bit of a rest for auctioneering, but we do kick off next week. Um, I've been up in Dubbo with the New South Wales wool team, had Bendigo Sheep Show and then Sheep Venture here. Today, specifically, we've got the uh, the wool awards that we work with in Melbourne and go through the process of judging clips throughout the year. And here we're here to award uh, our yearly winner for the Southern Clip. So it's never boring. <laughs> for people like me who have very little idea, I know obviously the wool comes off the sheep. I've been involved in that side of things enough. What actually happens between the farm gate and ultimately the end products which we see. And it's a fascinating process and there are so many different players in the supply chain which makes it so unique. Once it's left the farm, coming either coming to a broker to sell your wool or some go and do their own like private kind of workings. We've got some clients who turn their own wool into their own clothes and things like that. A couple who are actually here presenting at sheep, uh, exhibiting at sheep engine. But ultimately, we get test results for the wool, so putting some numbers behind what the wool is and preparing it for sale. So having it in a, in a sample box that buyers can look at it to coming through to auction and making sure that those those wools are the, marketed in the best way. And the innovation has probably been, from my understanding, it, it has evolved a little bit. What's changed at Elders over that time in your side of the business? It's It's been pretty exciting. Um, and I think, you know, wool is such a traditional industry, which is part of the beauty of it but it's great to see some advancements coming through um look at on day-to-day dealing with a lot more clients who are dealing with say ag tech so different ways to manage different things or monitor different things but with elders specifically look there's a brand new world first wool handling facility that i'm pretty excited to be working out of at the moment we're not quite open to the public just yet but to be able to see uh industry and investment into industry something that'll make well yeah work with the supply chain to streamline and support our clients in the best way possible Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low-cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that site actually looks like? Because when you say it's world first innovation, <laughs> I've heard things, read things on the rumour mill, but can you tell us a bit of a high level what it actually is going to look like? Yes. So um, size-wise, I think it was two or one and a half MCG. So the size is incredible. So to drive up there in the morning is pretty unreal. Mezzanine floor, so above the above the bales, having all our sample boxes on there. And particularly for wool, it's, it's so much a tactile and visual product and, and seeing that fibre. So the show floor itself is uh, having like roof to floor windows so we can have all that natural light and be able to show wool off to its best and that overlooks our uh, where all the bales will be stored so AGVs will be moving our bales around so really high on that safety element but also being able to streamline things things we're not relying on labourers there's labour shortages everywhere so just to be able to make sure that we're getting wool where it needs to go at the right time. AGV so like a little robot. <laughs> Yeah, automated, automated guided vehicles, which I'm pretty excited about. I've not seen them as yet, um, but I yeah. hear that they're ready to get put together. Um, and it's what a lot of other industries are already working with. So, um, you know, big logistic firms and things like that. So it's great to have something that's already been proven in so many other industries coming across to our patching wool. 
That is seriously cool. Because I was going to say, that's what you see the, the Amazon factories, the, those types of businesses. They're all using it. So now we're starting to see that come into agriculture and you guys really are the first doing it here in Australia. Frontlining it, which is really exciting. And look, it's, it's great to be around the team that's been part of all that and hearing what they're doing and different elements that they're pulling. Because as with agriculture, you can't just have, can't, it's never just ag. You've got some ag tech, you've got some other innovation or some other skill set that comes in to make agriculture really what it is. So that's definitely what the team have been doing to pull together how we can be the most efficient, be able to be sustainable, um, fit what our consumers are looking for and what the supply chain is looking for as well. Do you get exposure to what's actually happening in overseas markets and get over there as part of the job? <laughs> I've been extremely fortunate. Um, so I've actually just come back from Japan. So I was in Kyoto for the International Wool Textile Organization Congress. Um, so that was amazing to see and to interact. So I think there are about 300 or delegates from across different sectors um, in South Africa, across in China, and the Americas came across as well. And just to be able to talk to them, see what they're facing um, and their solutions and how they fix them. I had been able to go across to Hong Kong to China as well. And with elders, I've been able to go across to Italy. So it's, it's a pretty amazing role to be part of and to be able to see those markets and see the passion, particularly the Italians. They, they love Australian wool and to see how passionate they are, it mirrors our growers and how passionate they are as well, which is great to know that it's going somewhere or all our wools are going somewhere that it's appreciated. So we're going to see a resurgence of wool really on the front line, you reckon? I hope so. I, I am confident in, in wool for what it is. I think it fits today's consumer, today's environment. It's really the fibre that we need today. Look, it's where markets can be a fickle kind of thing, whereas it's never one thing, it's the weather or it's the dollar or it's geopolitical, something's going on. Um, but I think as a fibre itself, it's got that truth to it and I think it's just a matter of time before everyone else realises that truth. We just have to say it a bit louder. And let's talk a little bit about the versatility or the jacket you're wearing. I saw a few years ago, I think it was an AWI piece, but to explain it to people, it kind of looks like it's a waterproof jacket. Correct. looks yes. extremely warm. Yes. Am I right in that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And it, it is actually made from wool. Yeah, yeah so this is the, um, pure, the AWI pure new wool, so 100%. Uh, it's the Optum fibre fabric. So it was one of the innovations that came out of AWI and has been commercialised. So Elders, we did a, a co-brand with them. So you'll see a number of our staff with it. And I think it's it's important that we're, we're talking the talk. We've also got to walk the walks. So we love wearing wool. Our, our jumpers are wool as well. And it's just been able to, you know, it, it's a fibre we want to be around all the time. So it's great to be able to wear it and to show people. And everyone is quite amazed. We've had fashion designers who have come down and the show floors can get quite cold. So you're wearing all those wool things. But the amazement when they see the Optum fabric and hearing it's, yeah, splash-proof, waterproof, that kind of end, it it's just puts wool in a more special kind of place, I think. And while the rest of us are out here shivering and having to huddle right around a gas heater, you're, yeah. you're just standing out Pretty in the right. Well, yeah, I have, I have moved to a colder place in Victoria, so I think that might have a bit more acclimatising. This is pretty um, similar at the moment. So, yeah, but no, it is. Well, it, it's the best for um, for that warmth. But at the same time, you know, shortly we'll be in the ram shed running around in there. Rams moving around, people moving around, but not needing to, like, de-layer because, you know, it just breathes with you as well. So it's, it's that flexibility to be able to fit the environment that you're in. Amazing marketing plug. <laughs> it's a beautiful fibre. It markets itself. <laughs> so 11 years with Elders, your role today is slightly different. You get to do a lot of mentoring new people coming into the business. That's got to be pretty cool and special. What's it like to be able to bring in that next generation, potentially kids exactly like you who have come from 
non-farm backgrounds that find a passion in this area? I think it's really important to be able to support that next generation. We've got a growing, you know, the workforce is changing, uh, roles are changing, people's expectations about the job market in particular is just changing. Uh, We're very fortunate to have two young trainees with us in Melbourne now, which is great. And we've just had Brianna Hayes, so she's come across, she was a wool manager for four and a half years in WA with elders and has come back across to join us in Melbourne to see more of that technical side. So I think it really is a case of sharing knowledge. We're a little bit different to say, say a branch team that you'd find in one particular area. We get to deal with our wool representatives across Australia, um, events like this, being able to just share those stories and be supportive. And I've found nothing but support in the industry, which has been why the more people can tell about the positive stories, I think the better it is and the more you can encourage others into it. So what's exciting you about the future? Oh, everything. <laughs> getting to be here today, getting to speak to – everyone's got their own amazing amazing pathways, amazing stories, their own passions, and you really hear that when you get to speak to them about where they fit into the industry across agriculture. This new wool handling facility, it's exciting. So to be able to be around the team that's part of it, seeing all the pieces come together, uh, it's, it's something fresh, it's something new, and I think it, it's great to see some of the other – products in agriculture have some new things so it's great for wool to be out there like I said I love the tradition of it and you can never take that away but it's great to be stepping forward I think and and showing what we can do. There is one other topic I want to ask you about and it goes back to COVID. You you started a little blog which I feel like started to reach lots of people all over the world. (laughs) What was the instigator behind that and can you tell us a little bit about the success of that? So the little little the blog. Okay, uh, so through, I think it's important again to share why the great things about wool and the products that are out there. So I had some clients who were just talking about, oh, where do you get that from? And even today, I'd been walking around. Yesterday, I'd be walking around with a bag. I'd picked up a wool jumper from Ethical Outback. Clients of ours. So that's um, to just share where to find things and just found that there was an interest in just wanting to know what I had bought. And I guess being, I love wool and working with wool, you can't kind of escape it. So it was just a different way to, to talk to other people about wool. And it's been great to have, you know, you hear about other people who've bought things and you learn from them and just a way to really spotlight, particularly those Australian-made or Australian wool products. I think it's just important that we continue telling wool story. Well, I reckon you're a perfect person to do it. So, Sam, thank you so much for joining us, having a chat. Good luck with the awards and everything today. Great. Thanks very much, Ollie. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for another episode from us here at Humans of Agriculture. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts and, well, if you're not, let us know. Hit us up at hello at humansofagriculture.com. Get in touch with any guest recommendations, topics, or things you'd like us to talk and get curious about. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, subscribe, review it. Any feedback is absolutely awesome and we really do welcome it. So look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane. We'll see you next time. See ya.